Keep your electric eye on me, babe. Put your ray gun to my head. Press your space face close to mine, love. Freak out in a moon age daydream. Oh yeah. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind. Your hosts here in London, Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin. Do 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 do. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, baby, baby. Bowie. Bowie. <laughs> I think we've done that one. Wow, <laughs> it's almost like we'd rehearse. It will all come out in the mix. <laughs> exactly. Matt's very good at post prod, so we'll all be fine. And post prog. <laughs> very true. Very true indeed. So Matthew, how are you on this drizzly, rainy English day? Do you know what? It's just become sunshine here after literally oh. five days of. Of proper storm, Francis, and whatever wow. the next one's called. Yeah, it's been full that. on. But we're joined. We're joined by uh, uh, Spodcats. We, we we're, are. Having a, we're having a party. So I'm going to ask each Spodcat to introduce themselves and let me know what uh, beverage they're partaking in. I'm Bob, and I'm drinking a session IPA from Gloucester Brewery. Yes, getting get Bob. Bob. Uh, and I'm Rob, and I'm drinking nothing, and I'm absolutely parched. I know. I feel as though we got stitched up by Bob. I forgot to bring in something to drink. Yeah, should have planned ahead. Last but not least, let's bring in the German contingent. Yes, hi, I'm Sven, and I'm going to run to the fridge and grab a beer also. Good man, good man. Good man. Yes, get in, Sven. Jamie, we're having a party for your your final Oh, thanks very much. It's lovely to have everyone here. Um, Let's make it a good one, shall we? So, Jamie, do you know what happened in 1993? There were some good albums, but in the space world, I'm unsure. What good album was there then, 93? Well, I mean, multiple, but why don't we speak about something even more? Thinking, was it Rage Against the Machine's first yeah. album? Well, that, that, that is, I'm not sure if that was that, 93? When was Soundgarden Super Unknown? Was that 94? Well, we'll have to find out after this call, but Matt, tell me about... Yeah, we're definitely killing episode 200 so far. <laughs> tell, me about, um, tell me about Galileo. Ah, see, you did know. Galileo discovered, in fact, if you go back to the classic Galileo, 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 you'd have remembered this. And actually, I've got a, I've got a space quiz for you all. Oh, yes. It's going to be a fact or fiction space quiz for everyone go. on the channel. And we'll see who wins. But yes, Galileo spacecraft discovered the moon Dactyl. Ooh. Yeah, it's the first known moon of an asteroid. Discovered by Anne Harch. Has it got anything to do with the dinosaur pterodactyl? Um, I think they are. I think dactyls are some kind of Greek mythological monster. That in- I think it means finger, Matt. Dactyl means finger. Yeah, as in polydactyly, which means you've got more than five fingers. We're, we're we going to go. bow to the doctor here. <laughs> you know, this is... Yeah, that's also a really expensive this is keyboard. Good. This is good. You're gonna make us look you're gonna make us look even more. So what does pterodactyl mean? Does it does it literally mean earth fingers? The, the wings are their fingers. All the bones of the of the wings are their fingers. So someone says it I, wonder, that. I could look it up. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, one of you look it up while we um while we ruin the rest of this segment. It's the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's the moon of Ida, which I think is the third biggest um uh body in the asteroid belt so it's not quite as big as vesta and it's definitely not even as round as vesta and it's nowhere near as big as Ceres. yeah you have to be fattest didn't you 
Ida itself was the second asteroid ever to be visited by a spacecraft, that spacecraft being Galileo again, two years earlier. So it is, isn't it? But we, 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 we kind of take visiting asteroids for granted now. Especially when we're shooting bullets in yeah, them. Yeah, shooting bullets in them, scraping the top off them, um, landing on them. All sorts of things. Although that was a comet, to be fair. It is episode 200. We are going to do two brilliant stories that came in on the Discord. And one's about uh, my favourite, Oumuamua. You love Oumuamua, don't you? I do love you? Oumuamua. Although, apparently, that's a, that, that, that comma is some form of glottal pulse. I don't know how to say it now. You've put in the notes this week that it might be alien after all. And what are you trying to excite me? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> but I, I did put in brackets, of course it isn't, though. Because oh. it never is. It's never aliens, Jamie. That's, that's, a, that's Yeah, well, just one day it might be, and then you'll come running back. Well, remember we talked ages ago about a muamua might be a, a solar sail. It might actually be solar sailing into the into the solar system and back out again. And the reason why That's and the right. reason why they said that is because it was accelerating away when it shouldn't have been. It was under some other influence of another force. But mm. one of the things it was missing is a tail or some form of coma like a comet has. Yes. Which shows that it's sort of outgassing. Okay. There was that theory for a bit, and everyone goes, oh, my God, maybe Oumuamua is like a bit of, a, uh, of a, an alien spacecraft. That was kind of poo-pooed quite recently with another paper. It's not the paper I'm talking about this time, where they, where they discussed that it might be a hydrogen ice that's forged in a giant molecular cloud, or a GMC, as you as you Ooh, know it to be. Come on. And that's Yeah, I've got three or four GMC t-shirts. Oh, yes, that'd be quite a nice t-shirt, a giant molecular yeah. cloud t-shirt. And and apparently it's five kiloparsecs away, which would mean that the journey would take a hundred million years for a muamua to do. So it basically this giant molecular cloud and you get hydrogen ice forming this this enormous object. Not the best Kessel run. As Bob says. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's good. It's good. Nice. I'll tell you what it explains is the outgassing that would in, that would create this um, acceleration would be explained if this object was made from hydrogen ice because you wouldn't be able to see the outgassing using the telescopes that we have. Hmm. And so it seemed to be a reasonable explanation that Oumuamua was this great big chunk of hydrogen ice and uh, it was uh, floating into the solar system and outgassing. And, uh, and Sven is wondering what that outgassing smells like. Yeah. It... D- doesn't everything in space smell like fireworks? Well, apparently that's what, that's what they say. But then... But maybe not a murmur. I don't welding. know. Welding. Welding. That's what it smells like. The welding. welding. Oh, Wow. Do you get the mask as well? I've always wanted one of them welding masks. I think in a pandemic is my is my fight, is my hope to get one, and people might not look at me too weirdly. But here's the thing: Abraham Loeb, who is the person that came up with the um, idea originally that it was some form of solar sail, he's been working with a hmm. scientist called Tiem Hoang, who I believe is Korean. And they've recently done a paper to try and go out and disprove this hydrogen ice idea. Because, yeah. And what they've shown is this hydrogen ice entity wouldn't have made it across the interstellar medium or the ISM intact. 
So, so as you float through space, it's it simply isn't empty, and obviously it's being bombarded by gas, dust, radiation, cosmic rays, starlight, all those sort of things. It wouldn't. It just wouldn't make this hundred million year journey. So it kind of rules out no. this other paper, which which in the in the article means that it rules back in that it might be an alien after all. But it has to, it has to be said that everything to do with Amuamua, it's what I, I like about it is that we we we've only seen a tiny speck like coming into the solar system. We only actually saw it mm. as it was leaving the solar system. I mean, that's the funny thing. We, we, we saw it as it was leaving. And it's only 100 to 1,000 metres long and 35 yeah. metres, 167 metres wide. So this is a tiny dot that we're watching from 33 million kilometres away. And Matt, I think before we did the podcast, you know, it might have really excited us and interested us. But... I mean, it is interesting, but when you hear stories now weekly about asteroids that are going to crash into the earth and the sensationalism of it all, we've become a bit blasé about it, haven't we? Yeah, the Daily Express, exactly. There's another one saying that the day before, is it the day before the election in the States? There's going to be a there's going to be a deadly asteroid that's going to smash into Earth. It's a two meter asteroid. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you vote, which is bollocks. Please go out and it's vote. It's definitely important that you vote this time round. Yeah, as Bob says, it's always the Daily Express, and it's always the size of a car. That's so true. <laughs> it's always the size of a car, so true. and it's always about three moon orbits away as well. So it's it's not mm. even close. But closer than 33 million kilometers. Oumuamua, though, is really fascinating. The fact that the very first object that's come into our solar system as a kind of interstellar visitor is such a weird object. There's lots of things that are weird about it. The way that it's coming in, if it's the only one of its kind, or even if it's reasonably common, it would be incredibly unlikely that it was coming in so close. It's almost like it's been aimed at us to see. That's 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 the crazy thing about Oumuamua. There's, yeah, lo- there's loads of stuff about Oumuamua that, that I find incredible. My Still my favourite fact is that it's kind of at rest compared to the rest of the galaxy and we're whizzing past it. What does everyone else reckon? We're up for um, Spodcat involvement here. Who's got conjecture about what Oumuamua is? I reckon it's a bit of planetoid crust. What psyche left behind? What got blown off psyche? Yeah, well, it it could, it could even be psyche, couldn't it? Because apparently it could have come from the Oort cloud, a murmur. It's metallic, right? Is it metallic, it, though? It has a colour of rust, you know. The pictures of a murmur are by a particular artist, aren't they? Or virtually all of them. M. Kornmesser. And I see his name a lot on lots and lots of different things. M. Cornmesser is the person that did the picture of Oumuamua. And I noticed that people just shrink the image and colour it red and things like that as, as we know more and more about it. I hope it is metal, Matt, because then I can make my Black Sabbath joke. Which is? Well, just about it being heavy metal. Yeah, you need to work on it. If that's left in, then episode 200 did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> See, Bob's rescued hit you here. Cheers, Bob. It's a Judas Priest-style heavy metal because it's breaking the law of physics. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, there we go. Wow. That, I think that's, that's a it. Save, literally though. saved. That's brilliant. Oh. I'm excited about the quiz. Let's have it. So here's how to play the quiz, right? I'm going to read you three facts, and one of them isn't a fact at all. Ooh. Right? And I read them out, and then I'm going to go round each one of you with Jamie last. Uh, giving me which one they think is the false one. No cheating. Th these are all the facts that have come up on the show quite recently. So we should be able to, you should, you know, obviously if you're, if you've been listening properly, Jamie, you'll get this. So <laughs> the supermassive black hole at the, this is fact number one, the supermassive black hole at the center of the galaxy is called Sagittarius A star. And it's roughly four million times more massive than the sun and has an event horizon that would contain the solar system all the way out to Pluto. So it's Schwarzschild, although I reckon Sven can say that much better than me, it's Schwarzschild radius is out to Pluto. So that's, that's fact number one. Four million times the mass of the sun, enormous, supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy, Sagittarius A-star. Schwarzschild, by the way. Schwarzschild. Is that better? Yeah, you, you did fine. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> what's really funny is my dad... B-minus. B yeah, my dad, my dad um, pulled me up on it when I was explaining this, and he said, that can't be how you pronounce it. And uh, he was right. We looked it up. But yeah, yes, um, Sven, yours is uh, absolutely spot on. But I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> maybe we should call it Black Shield, you know. Yeah. Translate. <laughs> Perfect. It's, it's, isn't it funny that his name was Black Shield? And somehow it looks like a Black Shield, doesn't it? The Schwarzschild radius. There we go. So, fact number two. Love it. If the sun was the size of a football, the size of a football, Earth would be little more than a coarse grain of sand and would be orbiting about 24 meters away. So imagine that. You've got a sun the size of a football. Earth is a grain of sand orbiting 24 meters away, and Pluto would almost be a kilometer away and would be smaller than a grain of flour. Right? That's fact number two. Fact number three. If the space shuttle was used to get to the nearest star using its fabulous RS-25 engines that are being used on SLS because they're so good, right? In, if, it needs, if it needs to get there in less than 80 years, i.e. a human lifetime, so you just say, right, let's use a space shuttle, let's fly to Proxima Centauri in a space shuttle, the fuel tanks would need to be bigger than the observable universe, right? That's fact number three. So who wants to go first? Who wants to give their reasoning about whether fact one, fact two, or fact three is correct? I'm, go I'm going to go with Bob. Go on, Bob. You can do this. I reckon it's fact number two that's wrong. I reckon that the Earth relatively would be bigger than a grain of sand. Bigger than a grain of sand. Okay. Relatively, and I think it's a bit further than 24 metres. The sun's the size of a football. It's further away than 24 yeah. metres and a little so. bit bigger than a core. Remember, I said coarse <laughs> grain of sand. I don't, I don't, I... 
Maybe, maybe maybe a bit of gravel. Okay, so so you're you're buying the the fuel tanks bigger than the observable universe, and you're buying that. Yeah, okay, that rings a bell. Okay, and and the uh, and I'm pretty sure the the first one's spot supermassive on. black holes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's Bob. What about Rob? I'm going for three. I think that's fiction. You think the fiction is the fuel tanks, yeah. the size yeah. of the observable universe? Yeah. I mean, it's a long way to go, but. <laughs> The observable universe is a pretty big space. Rocket engines are just wildly inefficient. Chemical energy? Are you joking, Rob? Anyway, <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. right it might see. be fact. Fact number three might be right. Matt, you're a very aggressive quiz master. <laughs> Sven, what do you reckon? Yeah, I don't know. I, if you have a chemical engine, can you even go faster than a certain limit at one point? Uh, I'm not sure. I, Can you? Well I, well, I think you. I don't see why you can't just keep accelerating. I think there okay. probably there probably is a limit, but I think you. I okay. think you can do it. I think you can do it. Yeah. It's a lot and anyway, the third one sounds. They all sound kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> but I go for well, uh, that's the idea. Three, yeah. Yeah. That, was, that was the fun. They all sound true yeah. because space is a weird place. Clearly. Yeah. Definitely. Space. Is, space is totally. It is weird. Central. Yeah. So that leaves last but not least. So we've actually have we got a, have we got a spread there? Which one would you saying, Sven? Uh, number three. You're number three. So Rob, Rob and Sven with three. Bob on two. Is Jamie going to split the vote? I'm going to split the vote because number one sounds like it's very familiar in my head at being very true. But I think you've, I think what you've done, Matt, is cleverly skew one of the facts within that. I think that you're right about most of that, but I don't believe the size of the event horizon. So I'm going to say number one. Yeah, it sounds a bit large. Wow. I've been wrong. I've been wrong in every single episode since, (laughs) but I'm hoping for this this one. This is episode 200. Well, do you know, right. So let's take it. Let's take, let's, let's keep Jamie in, in, um, we can only keep him in suspense for one. So let's go with fact number three. Fact number three is a fact, apparently. The <gasps> engines would have to be the size of the observable universe if you work out the energy required for oh, okay. chemical engines to get to Proxima Centauri. Now, I, I first heard that fact on, on PBS Space Time, Matt O'Dowd, and he's a, pre, he's a pretty good source, I reckon. But I have since asked... Um, kelvin as well the interstellar expert and he did back me up so i believe that is true so does that assume you just, does that assume you just keep putting your foot down the whole way there yeah absolutely so you're just blasting all the way there right. i think you, you have slowing to down. you also yeah i don't yeah i don't even think it involves slowing down either i think that's just literally whizzing past at some percentage of the speed of light <laughs> it's basically it's basically impossible using normal rocket engines right. to go anywhere out of the polar project orion right yeah no absolutely you need you need something with throwing even, out then, <laughs> even then it was something like 10 times the world's arsenal of nuclear bombs being chucked out the back or something it was ridiculous yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the world's nuclear arsenal is ridiculous as well fact number two this is it so it's it's who's going to win out of bob and jamie now 
Ah, oh, it's the tension. Clash of the Titans. I'm, I'm definitely. Yeah, my money's on Jamie now. <laughs> so yes, if the sun was the size of a football, Earth indeed would be only a coarse grain of sand, two millimeters across, <sighs> and it would be foiled. A twenty-four meters away. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing that the sun holds the Earth in its gravitational pull. It just seems so ridiculous. And then if you imagine like a football and it's holding Pluto and it's smaller than a, a grain of flour, it's like, it's incredible, isn't it, that? Oh, I just had gravel in my mind there. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, maybe I should have gone with gravel. <laughs> Matt, I feel a, Matt, I feel a bit I feel a bit queasy. Are you saying that I've won the you, quiz? Can you, I, I must admit, this is actually incredible, Jamie. Not only have you won the quiz, but you were absolutely spot on. Yes, I, I, skewed, I skewed one of the facts. No, uh, do you know what? I was thinking this feels like a fix. <laughs> it feels like a fix, it, but it's not. Normally, normally I do feed Jamie the facts here, but this this time, no, this is this is just on my on yeah, my desk. See, I've been lulling Jamie. you all into a full sense of security. I'm actually You've... way more intelligent than Matt <laughs> about all things space, and I've just proved it. Wow, I, I have to. In say, fact, that's why I'm le- that's why I'm not doing the podcast anymore because it's just fork. it's just beneath me. It's beneath me. <laughs> Yeah, you are retiring on a high. This is, exactly. These are high. These are high school questions. Well done, so, so, get this. So, yeah. So, Sagitt, even though it's four million times more massive than the sun, yes, its event horizon would only go out. Wouldn't even go a fifth of the way to Mercury. So, what? So, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's only twelve million kilometers in radius. And but that's smaller than Betelgeuse. Yeah, it's right. Way yeah, smaller. it is way smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it's unbelievably much more massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? But then, oh, I feel I feel incredible. Am I going to get any form of prize? What do I get? I, I think you just get the. I mean, to be fair, the the pride of winning against the Spodcats. Like the old, you know what? That's not well. that's not enough for me. I want something <laughs> physical. <laughs> I'll send you an interplanetary mug. Can I get an interplanetary? <laughs> I've got an interplanetary mug, but maybe I could get an. I've always wanted an interplanetary bed sheet. Oh, yes, you know, like a do like a duvet go. cover. That's what I mean. Uh, there, there we go. Jamie gets to win the interplanetary duvet cover. Yes, it, as long as yes. the other spodcats approve of that as the the final prize. But that's amazing, Jamie. I'm I'm super impressed. Yeah, Are you proud is, of me, Matt? I am super proud of you. There is a black hole, isn't there? T O N one o eight or something like that, where the event that's horizon the is lots, lots bigger than the entire solar system, which makes you realise how big that thing must be. Yeah, it's pretty big. That's like billions of solar masses, not yeah. millions, right? Yeah, it's billions of solar masses. That thing must be just terrifying. Because we still haven't seen the picture, have we, of Sagittarius A star? Because that was the one that they were going to release. That was the one. But, but we've still not seen that picture, have we? So there's, there's obviously still I mean, struggling. They need to get cracking. Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed. It's been a long time since the last one, although I was so excited about that. I'm still yeah. excited about that. It is absolutely epic. The Interplanetary Podcast, putting the ace back Your final story, space. Jamie. <laughs> yeah the final story the final story dee, 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 dee. oh actually before we before we go on to the final story i just wanted to remind you jamie you know the um oh yeah baby space yeah can you remember where that started 
Um, I always just thought it was you doing a little, just a little Matt Russell song. No, it, you you started it. I thought you might think Did this, I? but you started it. We an early episode. We were talking about, yeah. and I was thinking about this today because Nicholas Booth tweeted about it. But remember, mm. we did an episode about the English space shuttle, the the mustard, the British. I do page, remember that. Yeah, the guy from Grimsby who came up with a the the three space shuttles that slot together called mustard, and That's you right. started the show with what would you eat in a nebula i'd have asparagus and mustard oh yeah baby space <laughs> do you know what I, I i literally have forgotten about that but you're right yeah you i might have it. to go back and listen to that episode now and it became well, I, apo- I apologize to everyone especially i mean do you think we still have that listener that it annoyed yeah he definitely does still listen really yeah he got over it he got over it he got over oh it. He, God. He, he occasionally WhatsApps me to let me know. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. But well, yeah, I, I'm I, very I, proud. Yeah, if you th- it was a very clever bit of music, Jamie. You were talking about nebulas. You were talking about asparagus because, of course, mm. this mustard was had asparagus staging, oh which was God. what I yeah. took and uh, Make, making about, me hungry. It's so long ago. It was what the Falcon Heavy was supposed to have asparagus staging which it doesn't. But back then it, it was, you know, that was Elon Musk's plan. That's how I long just ago love it. your song was. Making but, my wee smell at the thought of it. <laughs> yeah. Does everyone's wee smell after they eat asparagus? We have a... <laughs> yeah. Let us know on Discord. Let us know on um, Discord. <laughs> do you know what else was scary? I was I talking to my girlfriend about this, Matt. Uh, it, it does, yeah, pretty much so. so Bob, you, you'd be a bit of a freak if it didn't. Bob, why does it smell after asparagus and sugar plum? I think I think it's something to do with the amino acid asparagine. I think that's what I was, no was told, but it's not. It's not really come up in uh, in, in studies about disease. <laughs> what about um, Bob? What about when I eat beetroot? It turns my number twos a, a lovely shade of purple. I think that's that's fairly ubiquitous as well. I assume, I assume that that's yeah, it's pretty easy to work out. Uh, I, I don't think Bob signed up for a consultation, did he? <laughs> <laughs> At least I hope I was eating beetroot. I could be very sick. I mean, I am sick, but only in the youth talk way. Good job, it wasn't beetroot and peanuts? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, very true. I have heard that occasion beetroot doesn't normally make your wee red. But occasionally, because there's a there's a an enzyme that breaks down the beetroot colour, so it doesn't come out red. But occasionally, it does. If you're sort of low on that particular enzyme when you were eating, oh, that would be beetroot. scary. Yeah. So, so sometimes, yeah, you can you can have red wee wee. Oh, I, I need to ask what asparagus staging is. That I think I must have missed that episode. Ah, so asparagus staging is, imagine Falcon Heavy. Right. You know, you've got, you've got the two boosters either side. They, they, get fed, they feed some of their fuel into the center one so that they, they run out of fuel but are filling up the center one as well, and you get slightly more performance because you've got rid of these two and you've almost got a full center, right, um, okay. center booster. But apparently, it's insanely complicated because the the way everything sloshes around and stuff like that. Crossfeed baby, exactly, Bob. So what's the, what's the reference for asparagus? I don't see the analogy. 
Oh, because it, because because they look like uh, bunches of asparagus, don't That's they? Just a visual uh, one. Yeah, so it's like that kind of that kind of rocket where you've strapped three together look like bunches of asparagus. Okay, fair I think that's it. Yeah. So they planned to do this on Falcon Heavy, but they didn't. I think they even maybe planned to do it on Delta Four, but didn't. But you get slightly more performance, but I think it's just very very complicated to do. I was imagining something much more complex, but uh, if it just looks like asparagus, then <laughs> yeah, reason enough, I guess. It just, <laughs> it just looks like asparagus. <laughs> But yeah, but that was that was the start of the song. I was addicted to the oh yeah, baby space. Well, I just absolutely forgot about the history of it. Thank you for reminding me. Talking of asparagus, though, Jamie, uh, there's nothing to do yeah. with asparagus in this next bit. It's um, for the last thirty-three thousand years, spaceship Earth itself has been moving through the cloud of a giant nuclear explosion. Is that called local fluff? Local fluff. Yeah, local fluff. And we're we're sort of, yeah, it's outside of the local bubble. Google backs up Jamie there, I'm afraid. Yes. Backs him up. My God, Jamie, what's happening? Yeah. Literally, I've come of age on the last day. Yeah. Oh, God. The, the local the local interstellar cloud, LIC, is also known as the local yeah, I've fluff. I've got to say, I was pretty trepidatious about Googling for that. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually a smaller I've, one. So what? we've been uh, moving through this fluff thing for millions of years, but recently, for the last 33,000 years, we've been moving through a smaller, more dense cloud, basically. Oh, oh yes. Now, that is, the, that is the kind of precision clarity I expect from the German. That's there we go. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, what we, think, that's what we need on the show. I think I hit my what's, head yesterday, and all of these facts are just coming out. I don't know what's going on. What's more dense than fluff? Is there, is there a punchline to this, Bob? No, it sounds like a joke, but I just wanted this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's more dense? No, just, I mean, if we've been moving through the fluff for 30 odd million years or whatever, and uh, now it's something more dense, I wonder what that's the called. Foam. The foam. Do you know that you can buy, um, in a jar, you can buy fluff? It's just like, it's like a spreadable marshmallow. Have you seen that in the supermarket? I, I have seen it, but I've never, I've never thought to buy it. I bought it no, my, once my, when my I was about eighteen, and I still think I've got palpitations from the sugar. <laughs> yeah, it's the sort of thing that makes my teeth itch thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, that's no, no regrets. Well, this this paper, Jamie, was in the fantastically named Penis Journal. Oh, you know I'm a fan of that. Penas. And yes, it is Iron 60 deposit during the late Pleistocene and the Holocene echoes past supernova activity. Did you, what did you say? Hey, Holocene. Holocene. Yeah. I thought you'd said Halo Klein, which is actually a, um, in, in caves, underwater caves. It's a meeting of salt and freshwater that in the 50s, lots of divers went through and they thought they saw a pocket of air. So they'd swim up, take their respirator out and breathe in thinking it was air, but it's actually, it was the fresh water. And so they would die. Lots of deaths happened like that. And that's called a, a halo climb. There you go. I mean, heck, Jamie, you're, you're smashing out the facts. I know. I'm literally on fire. I, I think I, think I <laughs> have to join 201, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Do you, have, you, have you been, have you, what's the drug in Limitless? Have you been on that? <laughs> I did. Uh, I did snort some Marmite this morning, so maybe it's that. 
<laughs> that, that that will do it. <laughs> oh yes, submarines hide under them. In fact, it's one of my favourite bits of the of that David Attenborough thing, isn't it? Where where they go down and there's that freshwater lake ah, yes. underneath the sea, and there, and there's loads of life at the edge, and it just looks like a lake, but it's under the water. It's just weird. Oh my god, Red October. Do you remember that film? It's a great yeah. Sh- Sean Sean Connery was yeah. it? Didn't Sean Connery yeah, just turn eighty? Is that right? Eighty. That's right. Yeah, he's eight. Ninety. No, he's ninety. Ninety. No. Yeah, he's ninety. Really? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yesterday, right? Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday! Oh my! Happy birthday! Actually, God. talking of happy birthday to uh, Sean Connery, but Anthony from uh, Miko's just had a little baby boy. So well, oh congratulations. yes, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. congratulations, Anthony. Well done. Cute kid. Yeah, very cute kid. Um, um. By the way, Trevor mm. Klein. Also, it's a really cool German word. It's called Sprungschicht, oh, which wow. means the jump layer. Because I no think way. the density jumps, yeah. I guess. So that's also what's causing the optical effect. Oh, yeah. wow. that is incredible. Can you, um, in the Discord, oh, there, I was just about to say, can you put that in the Discord so I can see it? Look at that. I'm oh. going to Google that afterwards. Sprungscheig. Well, yeah. I need, I, to work on my, I need to work on my diction. That is, that is super Boston. Anyway. So yes, we we've got this dust. This 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 is such a cool story, Jamie. We've been traveling through these di- this these different clouds from supernova explosions. And as a yeah. result, there's this um iron 60, which is an isotope of iron. There's absolutely loads of isotopes of iron, but there's only sort of two that are quite stable, one of them being iron 60. This iron 60 rains down on on the earth as we as we travel through this through this fluff through the fluff still one of the best facts ever is how much stuff actually makes it down onto the earth's surface 40,000 metric tons of interplanetary matter make it down to the earth's surface and obviously every year so that's like 5 to 300 tons a day which is that's pretty amazing just isn't it nuts and actually, the one that surprised me was that there was about five or six objects over a kilogram that hit an area the size of Texas each year. But no one's ever been hit by one. It seems no. to be like really incredible, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, do you know what? I don't know how much mass the Earth is losing, but I actually think the Earth is actually putting weight on in the end. I think that was the conclusion. You think so? Okay. Yeah, I th- I think so. I think so. I'd oh, like Mars. Yeah, we've I'm had this. Mars is <laughs> yeah, we've, losing um... atmosphere but gaining mass. I don't know. In in the pandemic, everyone's gained a bit of weight, haven't they? We had this on on on, on an episode whether the Earth was putting on weight or losing weight, and I actually can't remember. We have to go back. I have to find it. But uh, yeah, so the, the the oceans and everything have been filling up with this um, with this. Um, iron 60 but it doesn't last very long so it's only got a half-life of about 2.6 million years this stuff and they found deposits of it from 2.6 million and 6 million years ago at the bottom of the ocean floor and Mm. they found it recently lying on top of the uh, antarctic snow like just freshly fallen iron 60 dust that's come down from out of uh, outer space 
And yeah, that's that is special. Yeah, and the really cool one, and this is fantastic. That should episode two hundred is that uh, NASA back in August twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven, almost to the day, launched Ace, the Advanced what? Composition Explorer. NASA put Ace into space, pretty much to the day nineteen ninety seven. And God. it's in my favourite orbit as well, the Lisa Zhu in L1 Lagrange point. I'll tell you what, if there's an orbit to rev your engines, it's that one. That is definitely the other uh, one that uh, revs it. But this, this is, get this, this is such a great fact. So the scientists have been looking at deep sea sediment again from, a, from the last 33,000 years. Mm. And they've literally been doing single atom counting. Of the iron sixty atoms, <laughs> and and this is the what? best bit is that they detected nineteen atoms, which is, is about in well yeah I know this is ridiculous isn't it so you suddenly realise this isn't just stuff lying around it's like you have to get loads of the stuff and then find the ones that are in there and it's nineteen of them from a sample with atoms I mean atoms it's just ridiculous right oh, that's and nuts. and that's in line with these previous um, findings everywhere. But you'd expect it to be less because of this half-life. But it's it's about the same. So it looks yeah, I like... I think you forgot to mention that this Iron 60 is only generated inside of stars. So Ah, uh, yes, that is a very important uh, point. <laughs> when the star yeah. goes supernova, it gets spread around the galaxy and... Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So Iron Sixty has to be forged. In I, I think it can be forged in giant stars and come out in their, in their normal solar wind. But that's giant stars, as in much bigger than the sun and supernova explosions. So yeah, supernova explosions. So for Iron Sixty to be there, we must be going into the dust of supernova explosions because. Um, it can't be left over from the Earth ingredients because that would have long lost its. Um, it would have changed into. It would have already have decayed away into normal iron, long, 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 long time ago. So yeah, good point. Um, so yes, but the fact that it's a similar kind of thing means um, that the local cloud that we're going through itself is probably stumbling into a much larger ancient supernova uh so we're, we're going into a bigger into a into the iron fluff iron fluff <laughs> which of course was matt's b-side recorded in the late 80s yeah exactly <laughs> so so yeah they, they need to your haircut <laughs> I've, I've had my hair cut several times although i need it cut properly now do you know what sven when you said haircut i was just thrown back to the time i used to work for fender guitars and there was a guy there that there was a guy there um who was um weirdly enough he was called bob actually um and then we had a german colleague who came over to visit the uk fender office Mm-hmm. and Bob's hair was kind of wild and this German uh, colleague of ours said that it looks like Bob combs his hair with a shotgun <laughs> okay. so I've always I've always liked uh, I've always liked it when Germans talk about haircuts okay yeah so yeah. there we go that's my story cool my, I've got a German story with hair as well yeah yeah there was we we had a, we on and this is honestly true we had a teacher called Mr. Brush <laughs> 
And when yeah. with the German exchange students came over, they of course called him Hairbrush. It was fantastic. Hairbrush. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> it's actually true. It's not I'm not even making that up. That that is that's my German hair story. We've both got one, Joe. Incredible. What, what's the chances of that? Absolutely <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so I yeah. should have said, es tut mir leid, because I was four minutes late for the podcast, wasn't I? Yeah. That's, that's one of the only sentences I remember. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Every time I was late for my German class, I would, uh, you know, pull that one out, see if I could get in less trouble. It didn't work. Well, but you still got it. <laughs> You must have practiced this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely etched into that to the brain that one. So yeah, that that's it. So all the, the scientists they just have to work out now whether this is actually right. So they need to get far more samples from this from in between now and the last thirty three thousand years if they can find these different deposits and see if it's changing or not changing to sort of nail down whether we're going through two big clouds at the moment. I, but I think that's really cool. And Rob Rob made a great point in the notes. Because you've you've heard of that thing, haven't you, where where there's um there's possibility that some of the great extinctions that have happened on Earth have been caused by supernovas. Well maybe we're now traveling through the cloud of one of the supernovas that created a, a mass extinction. What do you that think about that? Is nuts. It is. God damn. Because I know because there was another story about them. The, the Chandra X-ray telescope is measuring the speed that the um, that the supernova cloud moves, and it's a lot slower than the the all the particles coming out. But the cloud itself moves at twenty five thousand miles per second. That's fast. Damn, super fast, but that quite a lot slower than the cosmic rays that would have been coming out that caused the mass extinction. So yeah, you could you could literally have both. You could have a mass extinction and then a few few million, few billion years later be flying through the the blooming cloud as a sort of double insult. Yeah, God, thanks a lot. Thanks for the reminder, <laughs> universe. So yeah. That Another was... theory is that we get them from crossing the ecliptic plane of the galaxy, right? Oh yeah, there's that one as well. We've we've got it from all angles, haven't we? We've got the we've got Literally the asteroids. Have. Lucky to be alive. We've got the comets. Got interstellar visitors. We've got clouds of radioactive iron. <laughs> Good grief! Uh, Sven, have you ever read the aquatic ape theory? No, I don't think I have. It's a theory about the apes living in swamps and they were eating uh, plants that were psychedelic and that that caused uh, that caused their brains to develop in a certain way that went on to become human beings. It's a great book. I'll have to send it to you. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> is it serious? Or it's, is a pretty, it's a pretty like... fringe theory, isn't it? But it was, it was particularly popular. It's definitely ago. fringe, but it, it's, I quite like reading those things sometimes, even though I sort of know they're probably not true. Is it by Tim Leary? It sounds quite... It's based funny. on the idea that we, we were coastal, isn't it? That, that we were sort of... This is right. Yeah. And, and there, was, there was some sort of connection with... Um, uh, our, our our body fat and uh, the way it insulated us or something. But there was a, one, one we'll particular get... person who developed that theory um, for many years. Um, 
<laughs> just sounds like an excuse for a bunch of hippies yeah, to trying to get us to do LSD. <laughs> we'll have to get um, we'll have to get Marcus back on. He'll definitely agree with me on it. Is it is it any more fringe, for example, than a muamua being a a solar sail? Maybe oh, that's not. A very good call. But yeah, I've just remembered her name. It's Elaine Morgan. Where we go, Jamie? We're wrapping it up. That's that. Is, We're wrapping it up. That is episode two hundred. Jamie, what's been your what's been your favourite episode so far? Oh my god, it's crazy looking back. I can't believe we've done two hundred podcasts. That is mad. I feel very proud. Four and a half years. I'd say that my highlight was probably uh, there's two big ones for me. One was talking to Al Worden, which was an early one for us, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, it was about seven um, or eight or something like that. Yeah. yeah, talking to somebody that went to the moon. Crazy. Um, I felt very nervous, but he was so lovely, bless him. Rest in peace. Um, and then I reckon it was probably the absolute madness of talking for about three hours to Brian Blessed. <laughs> um, I just thought it was just, it's just one of the highlights of my life. Um, you know, watching him on telly, absolutely loving him and then getting to chat chat to him about all kinds of things and you know the how he got lost in the bermuda triangle i'm brilliant brilliant afternoon the interplanetary podcast is alive i mean just the responses from from people to the show have been uh, pretty emotional at times haven't they matt especially when we sort of i can't believe that we've ever encouraged people to to give up their day job and, and study space to go on and get a career in space. I mean, that blows our minds, doesn't it? Yeah, that that is absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's, so, uh, that's, that's the crowning yeah. achievement, isn't it, right there? That's it. Can't say more than that. So, yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, and as I say, I will almost certainly be back in some capacity one day. Um, but until then, I'm going to maybe make a song called Iron Fluff. You've got to do Iron Fluff now. That's it. I'd like Sven, I like Sven on lead guitar. Rob, what would Rob play? Maybe the drummer. Well, but you never know. I bet they all play. Bob, what do you play? Uh, just the vocals. I'm just, the, just vocals. The vo- that's just all right. Just the vocals. Rob. <laughs> uh, Rob, what do you? Play? The, the recorder. Briefly, when I was ten. Oh yes. Recorder. Okay. Yeah, we can have a recorder solo. Come I'll on, put some Sven. distortion through it. I used to play the piano. Yes. But recently, I've tried uh, saxophone. There we go. Oh, piano. I'm not really, I'm not really so good piano yet, so. on left hand and sax on the right hand. <laughs> and, and we got Matthew Russell on lead guitar. Perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll. Well, I, I did used to play the flute, but when I hit six foot four and, and about 15 stone at the age of 13, I, I thought I'd better give it up, really. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I love that. That's quite a, an image. It'd be a strong look. Yeah. I think it was a little bit too strong. <laughs> did, you, did you play it and stand on one leg? Um, yeah, I did a bit more than that, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was a uh, quite a show. Oh, wow, what incredible stuff! Well, send us, send incredible us a vi- send us a video, and we'll. Uh... Oh yeah, I think my mum's got a video somewhere. <laughs> we have to see it. We have to see it. We can't deny the world any longer. Well, this is this has been an emotional journey, Jamie. You've got it no, has. no. Probably will be back. You will be back. I'm going to drag yeah, you back at some point. So well, it's, I, get I mean, your I solo think album the, done and come back. It, the solo album we've done, and then you know, I think we should definitely do some more road trips in the future. Oh, yeah. And like always, we'd like some suggestions of where we should go and who we should interview. So there we go. That'll be the comeback. Zikump. Yeah, 
I think we should sometime meet at Aztec. They have a really yes. cool yearly open day. Yeah. Yeah. Aztec. Visitors. Yeah. yeah. Aztec would be a great, That's a great, a great idea. One. Yeah. Well, Aztec it is then. Jamie, what do you want to say? I just want to say bon voyage. And uh, until next time. Well, we're all we're all on planet Earth, aren't we? We're all travelling together, yeah. so that's good, isn't it? We're still exactly. Still Look out for each other, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye, bye, smart cats. Bye, bye. bye, bye. See you soon. Bye. Oh, good luck editing that.